Welcome to Beyond the Pen, the podcast that delves into the untold stories of emerging authors and the literary world. I'm your host, Maccabee Griffin, and each week I'll be shining a spotlight on talented yet undiscovered authors, giving them a platform to share their incredible stories and unique journeys that brought them to the world of writing. In each episode, we'll deep dive into the story behind the story, exploring the inspirations, challenges, and triumphs that have shaped our guests' literary careers, and have some fun along the way. From the initial spark of an idea to the journey of crafting and publishing their books, we'll uncover the secrets that make their stories truly special. But that's not all. Once a month, we'll be joined by an expert from the publishing world who will share invaluable insights and advice for aspiring writers, answering your burning questions, and demystifying the path to success in the literary industry. At Beyond the Pen, my mission is simple, to entertain, educate, and encourage the next generation of great storytellers. So whether you're a writer, an avid reader, or simply someone with a passion for storytelling, Join us as we venture beyond the pen and celebrate the power of the written word. Hello, everybody. We are back. We are here. We are live. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Pen. My name is Maccabee Griffin, and this is my co-host, Chelsea, Chelsea, C.R. Rice, depending on what you're feeling that day. What are you feeling right now? I don't know. Like, it's so weird because I had to do an interview, right, for like Wonder Twins. And so I go through and they're like, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. And I'm like, well, my name's C.R. Chelsea because I am not doing an author interview. But, you know, most of the time when I do these things, I'm, I'm like, they're asking about the author me. And so I was just like had that mini identity crisis where I was like, holy crap, like, who am I? <laughs> but yeah, I guess I, I, I'm Chels. It's Mac and Chels. Yeah, it's Mac and Cheese, Mac and Chels. It's going to be merch. It will be merch, I assure yes. you. We will have the big old thing of Mac and Cheese on there. Anyways, yeah. if this is your first time, welcome. Thank you for uh, listening. If this is your second or further out past that, Thank you for continuing to be a part of this journey uh, down this rabbit hole of what are we going to do with this? <laughs> I have yeah. no clue. We, we make it up as we go. We, we, we have a little bit of an outline. We talk about certain things, but everything else is just on the fly. That's literally what it is. It's a conversation. If we hit our three bullet points, like I feel like we should start getting a calendar, like, you know, those little kid ones yeah. that has like the gold stars. And then like the days that we do it, we get a gold star. Yay. And then I'm going to make a banner. And then we can like, I'm going to make the banner and be like, hey guys, we stayed on topic. We we taught you stuff and you didn't just hear about our insanity. Like we shared actual knowledge and then we get a gold star. Well, how about this? We'll have, we'll have the actual uh, sign in the back that says days have stayed on, on a yes, track. I like it. And then when we don't, we have to go back to zero. We have to erase it. <laughs> yes. I like it. That'd be fun. We can make it a, a running game and we can take bets to see like how far we're going to make it oh before gosh. we just go completely off the rails. Are you kidding? That'd be so much fun. Oh yeah. That's definitely a thing that's happening. It's going to happen. Absolutely. We could throw it on. We're going to have to, we're going to throw it on our Instagram yep. at be in the pen podcast. We're going to throw it in our Facebook page, which we have a fun group page, guys. It's Beyond the Pen Podcast fan page. So you guys got to check that out. And then every week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 5 a.m., you get to hear our delightful selves or anytime you want to download and listen. That's true. But before you can do that, you need to inform yourself on how to do it, as well as 
what you should and what you shouldn't kind of do kind of thing. And my glasses are starting to fog up, so I'm going to take them off. It gets hot in the closet, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, so I, I live in Florida, obviously, and there will be times I walk outside and my glasses completely fog over and I have to stop walking and like take them off. And you have to like, somebody told me that if you, you spray them with like Dawn dish liquid or something like that, yeah. it's supposed to stop it. Yeah. Uh, Florida highly disagrees. <laughs> like the humidity is insane some days. That's true. So it's why if anybody watches YouTube, you've noticed my hair has started to be up all the time. Naturally curly hair. It does not pair well with 87% humidity. It has an effect on my beard too. It makes it a little bit more grayer certain days. Uh, either oh, that or, yeah. yeah, either that or it's my kids. I still haven't figured it out yet. Uh, what are some of the things we're going to be talking about today, Chelsea? So we're going to really focus on how culture and our experiences impact writing, how to do it right, how to take it, you know, not go too far with it, how to make it more relatable. We're going to talk about the misinterpretations of how just because you write it some way does not mean that's the way that people are going to take it. I promise you I've hit some bumpy roads with this one. And then we're going to talk about the ever elusive and fun and also terrible cancel culture. The example of this would be our guest on Thursday. It'll be uh, with Mr. Ryan Estrada. And we're going down a different path with his because his is not per se an actual novel. It is a graphic novel. And if you're a storyteller like me and Chelsea, storytelling comes in a variety of different ways. And comics, excuse me, graphic novels are exactly the same as a novel itself, except it just has a lot more pictures. The overall feel is the same. You're telling a story using pictures and dialogue. And there's a right and a wrong way to do it. Anybody that reads comic, graphic novels, mega, anything like that, but it's one of those things that you can do it wrong. You can have a great story and mess it up. And I feel like we're going to have to ask Ryan if it's easier to mess it up by not doing those pictures right. Right? Because it's one of those things you were putting those images in a person's face, which means there's no inference of how things appear. It is in your face. That's true because with his book, or excuse me, his uh, graphic novel, it's called Band Book Club. This was based off of his, a, an event and situation that his wife was going through when she lived in North Korea. So we're going to be hitting on a lot of interesting things with that. And we're, we're going to keep it from the political point. But in terms of writing, in terms of the whole idea of a banned book and or the banned book club and how politics, religion, our culture in general has an effect on our writing, this is a must hear. One, you're getting it directly from somebody who's lived it um, because he lived in South Korea for a very long time. So he was right there. But I think beyond that, this is going to help an audience that we haven't really been able to guide along that much. Somebody who is interested in doing graphic novels. So that's going to be super fun. We haven't done that one. We've done memoirs, just about every genre we can. I think this is the first one. But again, like I said, we're looking at it as a, a cultural point of when you're looking at your culture, the life that you lived or the life around you, there's a lot of things that dictate what we write and how we write, you know, especially when we're dealing with banned books. And again, we're going to be talking to Ryan Estrada about his graphic novel, 
that he wrote with his wife is called Band Book Club. When we're looking at that, when we're looking at anime, we're, we're talking about these conversations, we're having this conversation about all these ridiculous things that we're attaching to these stories and how people are coming to them and questioning their life decisions after they get done reading them. <laughs> There's a lot of things that go into it. There's a lot of things that you need to worry about too. So for instance, when we're talking about how the society looks at our books and dictates whether or not they should be banned in certain places or not, a lot of it is considered based upon opinion. No, all of it is based on opinion, but it, it also comes down to, I think, what's going on in that moment, what our culture is going through, what our country is going through, what your state or your town or anything like that. And I think even the way that people react to these books based is what's going on in their life. It's how you yeah. do everything, right? Depending on how you're feeling in that moment, dictates how you're going to react to things. So let's say there's a book that comes out about dude that changes into a vending machine and a vending machine just ate my dollar for the last time. And I got nothing out of it. This book comes out. Like I guarantee you're going to be mad. You're going to respond in that way. So it's one of those. Now that I, I'm a little dicey on this one because I do know in the author, in the writing community, there are those outliers like you have of everybody. Mm -hmm. They're the people that write to trend. They're the ones that do shorter books. They're typically 20 to 30,000 words, sometimes even less, like that 15,000 that go through. And if there is a trend right now about people turning into vending machines, yes, I'm going to keep this theme going. <laughs> people doing that, like they're going to write 15 books yeah. and pump them out nonstop. And so then they're doing the same thing with these books that are getting banned. So they are going because when a book gets banned, believe it or not, it does not stop its sales. If anything, they double, triple, quadruple. They go through the roof because who doesn't want to be a rebel and just say, oh, that banned book? I definitely read that. So authors are taking these opportunities and they are rewriting things that were previously banned and they're pushing them out like, hey, so you like this vending man read this one and it's pushing their sales, getting their names out. And it's great because they're getting their names out, but there is still that group in, in the writing community that is like, you're, you're not really an author if you're just doing retellings. You're right. There are tons of people out there and it's sad to say, but it is true that they're just hopping on certain hot topic decisions when it comes to their writing. Like you said, if there's about the vending machine, uh, the vending man, the vending man, hey, it's better than chainsaw man, but we, that's a whole different conversation. Oh my God. Time. I can't without it. I, just, I can't do that today. Okay. Okay. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. We're good. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's another hot topic for her. Um, it is. It's very okay. There's just certain, no, no pun intended. No, no pun intended. Ah, yeah. That wasn't even intentional. Yeah. No, but. There are people that do this specifically for those hot topics because they know at least for the next six months, I'm going to be able to pop out a bunch of this stuff out there or maybe another year. And it, it's going to be seen up because, again, coming back to those key words, this month's hot topic is racism. Okay, so one of the biggest ones that you're going to find on the racism one in terms of public uh, in publications is To Kill a Mockingbird. To Kill a Mockingbird was by written by, for those who don't know, was written by Harper Lee. Now, 
she wrote this back in 1960, 61, I think it was. Something like the movie came out in 64. I know that because I've actually read it and I've actually seen it. So wasn't everybody forced to read the book? I wasn't. 1960. It came out in 1960. I was right. Even back then, it was so controversial because of something that happened. And I have it right in front of me. Basically, what happened was that the Hanover County uh, School Board got more than it bargained for after deciding to censor Harper Lee's classic novel of Southern race relations to kill a mockingbird. And they stated, and I quote, that they stated that it was an immoral and improper book. And it was removed from the shelves of the county school libraries by unanimous vote in 1966. Okay. Miss Harper, being Miss Harper and being somewhat of a same thinking as Chelsea, uh, you don't mess with her, period. She wrote a book or excuse me, wrote an article and she wrote, I so I love this too. Recently, I have received echoes down this way of the Hanover County School Board's activities. And what I've heard makes me wonder if any of its members can read. Surely it is plain to the simplest intelligence that To Kill a Mockingbird spells out in words of seldom more than two syllables, a code of honor and conduct. Christian in its ethic, that is the heritage of all Southerners. To hear that the novel is immoral has made me count the years between now and 1984, for I have yet to come across a better example of double think. I feel, however, that the problem is one of illiteracy, not Marxism. Therefore, I enclose a small contribution to the Beetle Bumble Fund, which was a fund to get free books to children, that I hope will be used to enroll the Hanover County School Board in any first grade of its choice. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. She went off. It's one of those things. Now, I, I do want to just make a statement. If you write to trends... There's nothing wrong with that. Make sure you have substance behind it because every author's goal is like to kill a mockingbird. Everybody has heard of that book, but it's it. You want to make an impression, right? You want somebody to look back, see your name and go, okay. Even if you don't know the author, it's one of those things that you want to stand out. You don't want to be forgotten in a a wasteful type trend. And that's one of the great things of that things like Harper Lee, where she went and she revolutionized a certain genre and created, you know, started the whole band book. Everybody's going to say, you know, I read that book. I actually, I was forced to read that book, which I think schools should stop doing because it made me hate that book. It's banned in most, in most states. In most states, but it's still in the libraries in the schools. No. So it's one of the, oh yes. Okay. So my brother's from a little small town in New Hampshire. Nobody's ever heard of it. They are technically (laughs) not allowed to read it. When we went for his graduation, there was still a copy of the book in the library. They just couldn't get it. Oh, you could take it out. But like, let's be realistic, guys. How many of I used to live in the library. Believe it or not, I skipped class, went, hung out in the library. You could go and there's nobody there. Like, I don't even know if kids know where their school library is at this point because everything is on your phones. But if you have seen since the, what, it was in March this year, they started, they listed it again? Yes. 
that book is number one. It has been number one since then because people are making a stance to be those rebels that wants to read that banned book. Mm-hmm. And it's a part of me is like, awesome. You're supporting, you know, this author who is no longer with us and, and everything behind it. But are you just buying it or are you buying it to read it and to interpret and learn? There was a list of the most banned books uh, recently. And of course it's always changing every month, but a majority of them are based around sexual orientation they are banned because of racism, drug usage, and mental health. Did you know a lot of these books are getting banned? If you guys actually go in and look to why they've been banned, mm-hmm. it's because of the audience that the publishers are trying to sell them to. If you are trying to sell To Kill a Mockingbird to an elementary school, you should get banned. You should not be allowed. If you are trying to sell a book about drug addicts, to an elementary school, you should not be there. Yeah. It's, there is a time, a place, an age. I would not let an elementary school kid read my book. Like that would be stupid because there are adult themes. There are things that your brain, you need to be able and, and mature enough to understand the impact of something. So some of these books like To Kill a Mockingbird did get in trouble because they tried to add it to a fourth grade reading class. Yeah. That is why it got banned again. Not because it was going to a high school. It is because they are trying to push it onto children. And it's, it, I don't mean to push it in that way, but no, you're right. they do not have the mental ability to understand the impact of those things. They don't understand it. That is not the life they grew up in. But when they get to high school and they are becoming the person they're going to be for the rest of their lives, that is what is important. We are trying to make kids grow up too fast and making them, forcing them to try to understand what happened in the 60s at fourth grade is what, eight? Uh, uh, yeah fourth grade yeah and and you're right and it it comes down to exactly who the the target audience is and in this case a lot of the banned books that are on the list right now are young adult books because again like she said it's dealing with mature material but they're trying to put it in specific areas of the school it's not because it's just on the shelves it's because it's going to directly to certain libraries. So if someone is trying to put like uh, the handmaid's tale, that's one of the, one of those major ones that's on there. Because again, fourth graders, like it's insane. Yeah. You don't put it on the fourth grade. If you're going to put it in, in books into school, at least make sure that it's in with the, you know, high school kids, put in the high school libraries and the regular libraries. That's it. You know, high school libraries, regular libraries, bookstores, Big and small, that's fine. But keep it out of middle age, or middle school and elementary school. Elementary school. You don't Absolutely. do that. You do not do that. And that's just common sense. That's the other thing that we're getting into about mm-hmm. this misunderstanding, misinterpreting, as well as the whole opinionated thing about why and who. There was a, because, and I love this, again, when I was doing my research, I went down a major rabbit hole with this. Texas is, at, is in the lead as of now, for banning the most uh, books, most banned books. They are up to, district-wise, they have over 400, and I think it's 437 districts alone that are banning books. And last year alone, I think it was between uh, 2021 and 2022, there were over 1,600 banned books. Now, 
That being said, most of these were based off of the fact of where they were being put, not because of what they were about, but where they were being presented and the audience they were trying to put them in front of, i.e. it doesn't matter if the subject is about drug use, it doesn't matter if it's racism, it doesn't matter about your sexual orientation or your gender identity, it doesn't matter about that. The fact is that they're going after specific people. And Texas is one of the places that does not care. If you hit certain points in your book, they are not going to do it for younger children. And like, it's one of those things where everybody wants to rally behind these authors that are getting banned. Yes. Which is great. You should. However, before you go and you throw your match on that fire, find out why because there are some people that are purposely going out reaching out to elementary schools and then getting in trouble there is a romance author that i will not say their name they write um lgbt lgbtq plus yeah yes they write that they purposely try to get it into middle schools that was their whole agenda and they got canceled and they got banned and their books actually they caused such a big fuss Amazon took their books off. Yeah. So you know you messed up if Amazon's taking it. People are trying to use this to push their own writing, which, cool. Got to do what you got to do. It's hard being an author. Yeah. However, do not go after children. No. Nobody is going to respect you if you do that. Nobody is going to appreciate your writing in any way. There is no reason that any type of romance, erotic, anything like that should be in elementary or middle school. Yeah. Too young. Yeah. Let them be kids. If you want to go after high schools, you do the damn thing. You, you know, kids are already having sex in high school. Sorry, guys. Sorry to burst that bubble for you. But I know, you? I know. It's it's crazy. How Hormone. dare you? Hormones. Let's throw a bunch of hormone-infested freaking kids into one area. Yeah, that's definitely going to work. But it's also the misinterpretation, right? Yes, exactly. Going back to that. In the South, Harry Potter series, I don't know if everybody remembers yep. that, yep. went up because they did not read the book. Yep. They read the titles and what it was about and tried to say it was che- teaching children witchcraft. Oh, yeah. And who has seen the movies, read the books, you know that's not what it was about. But religions freaked out and tried to ban the damn thing. Yeah. For no reason. Like, there was nothing wrong with, there's nothing in those books that should get it banned whatsoever. But those that's what ends up happening. Just because you you write something doesn't mean everybody's going to get it. Yeah. Doesn't mean everybody's going to see it the way that you wrote it. It's the same thing when you're in English class and they're like, what did the author mean about the blue curtains? I promise you, no author ever is thinking about anything but those blue curtains. Yeah. They were not like, I wonder if they're going to get the symbolic meaning of this green flower <laughs> On this poster, no. And if you are, stop it. There are certain subtexts that aren't really there, like like she was saying. And the same thing with uh, during the 80s, late 70s, early 80s, with the whole thing with uh, the satanic uh, events with Dungeons & Dragons. Now, again, most people think that Dungeons & Dragons was just a, a tabletop game. No, it's actually there was a entire book series not just the handbooks and the manuals to it, but also there was actually books based off of that, off of that world. And during the 80s, there was whole places, whole churches were gathering their children that had gotten into Dungeons and Dragons and just burning these books in front of them. 
Now, many of these books that burned would have been worth millions of dollars today. But that's what we're talking about when we're talking about misinterpretations and opinions that are based about this. There, to add upon the opinion part again, uh, again, going back to Texas, there was a list of 850 vulgar words, vulgar words that a state representative had put together and put into law that were used to dictate whether a book was banned or not. Now, after he left to continue with that was the fact that there was another representative that came in. They used that same list that that gentleman felt were the most vulgar words to ban these books. Now, again, when we're talking about misinterpretation, when we're talking about the culture around us, we're dealing with cancel culture. These are the things that we have to understand when we're writing your tips and tricks. One of the big things that as a actor, as a writer that you need to understand and doing the research is one of two things that when it comes to these banned books, one, you got to read the book to actually understand whether or not this is something that should be banned or not. And whether or not you're misinterpreting what other people are telling you or what you're feeling with this comparative. Now, there is a bunch of places that you can go to to deal with this. Uh, and on uh, goodgoodgood.co, there is actually a list of organizations such as the National Coalition Against Censorship, American Library Association, We Need Diverse Books. Pen America and the comic book legal defense fund that help you to stay up to date. So when you are writing your book, whether you're doing it just to hit those hot topics or not, or you're actually trying to do it because you want a specific story to come out of you. These are places that you want to go to, to confirm whether or not these are those words that are going to hit because it all comes down to the key words and they're always changing but they help you to also understand whether or not you're going to be putting yourself in a predicament you don't want to be in. Do you agree with that? I do, but my problem is I never checked that list. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> She's now looking at, do I really need to do this now? Hmm. I, oh, I, I think I do because when you're going through and you look at it, uh, you know, I, I'm a young adult author. Yeah. Actually, I think they just moved me because mine was, was too graphic. So now before. it's just adult. Um, well, it seems like it's going to get banned now when I'm going over some of this stuff because of the, the age group that, that it's, it's, uh, tied to. Right. So that'll be funsies. I can give you guys a live experience. Oh, that'd be kind of interesting. But it's also one of those things that as an author, there are a lot of things that are constantly changing. There is yeah. no way to stay up to date in everything. Exactly. It's impossible. It's like trying to catch all of the sand and put it into a bottle. You can't do it or counting the start. There's no way to a hundred percent of the time, stay up to date with everything. All you can hope is that you don't hit the big thing. Be careful who you market to. Yeah. If you, you can get flagged. You know, I know a lot of people, uh, if you do Facebook ads for your books, they do work. I can tell you from personal experience, they do work. If you have a book and you are, let's say I decide to take my series and I decide to market it towards nine year olds. I will get flagged. Oh, it's a terrible, I would never, um, but it's, it, Facebook will go through, they will flag you. They will temporarily shut down your page. I think it's like two weeks or something like that. Mm -hmm. 
and then they remove your ability to do ads for 30 days for the first offense, 60, and then a year. Yeah. Or 30, 90, and then a year. Don't try to just go for anybody for your books. Right. Nail it down. Be realistic, guys. You know a kindergartner should not be reading a book that has anything to do with sex. No. Or gore. No. Or anything like that. Don't try to get onto these lists because at the end of the day, not all of these authors are lucky. You lose your copyright. You lose your right to print your book. Sometimes you have to pay back the monies you have earned. There are a lot of consequences to books getting banned. And it depends on why your book got banned. This is not every author that's been banned. It also leads to getting canceled in a lot of ways. You can, you'll get shut down. They will flag your pen name, which they can take your pen name from you. Yes. Okay. So you need to be very careful. And as an author, if you have, as soon as you publish that work, or as soon as you're starting to publish that work, be careful what you say. Stay out of political stuff. Stay out of any of that type of things. Nobody cares what where you stand on those things. Talk about your book. Talk about neutral topics. Be careful. Everybody wants to cancel somebody. Don't let it be you. And this is it's not like this is just a recent thing. This is not like it's just in this past couple of years. This has been going on since freaking one of uh, one one of Chelsea's favorite authors of all time, William Shakespeare, <laughs> and I say that in the most sarcastic way possible. But there was other times where when he had to do his plays privately instead of being in front of I can't remember I think it was the master uh, master of something I can't remember what it was called the title was but it was the, basically he was the uh, censor uh, censor guy because he wanted to make sure, because a lot of things that Shakespeare wrote about were a little bit more political at that time. When we're talking to a lot of people about this, William Shakespeare is one of those examples that came up a lot. And there are good things that go with it and there are bad things that go with it. You know, everybody's got to have their opinions on, on great authors. If they are great or not, it doesn't matter. We all have our opinions. You know, one of my things my dad always said, everybody's, everybody's opinions are like, he used the, the rectum, but uh, there's other versions of it, the armpit, the nose, the, whatever it stinks at the same time. Everybody, everybody's opinion stinks. It's as simple as that. But when we look at the historically, he was one of the big ones that was using these hot topics to get people to notice him. And he was not the best of people. He was a womanizer. He was a drunk. Uh, there was a lot of things about him that were bad. But when you look at his work and the way that he used his words, it made an impact on the literary world. So when we're talking about these cancellation, you know, dealing with cancel culture, dealing with misunderstanding, misinterpreting, excuse me, uh, words, opinions about your writing, dealing with the culture around us these are things that you're going to have to deal with when you're writing or at least understand in the back of your mind at least when you're writing your books and you're not like chelsea right now going through the the vulgar list figuring out whether or not she's going to be banned in texas or not oh i'm banned i'm, I'm genuinely <laughs> concerned we're we're going to GalaxyCon austin which if you're in the austin area it's going to be super fun i'm going to switch up the way that i because apparently you you can't use like explicit gore like i wouldn't say i'm explicit gore but i'm certainly if there's any battles any fighting in any book it's still considered gore it's gonna be there's no no matter 
no matter how you look at it. There's no way of, you know, flowering the battlefield. It's it's real life. It sucks. But it is what it is. But that is also why every book now, this is a fun new thing that authors have to do, guys. Yeah. Um, you have to list every single trigger, every potential trigger, yeah. every soft trigger that your story may have. So if you're like me and you you write about war, you write about, you know, crumbling kingdoms, people trying to take over, all of that stuff. I just put an age limit. That's all I, I did like the movies, like rated PG-13, rated R, like I just say, you know, there is descriptive content in regards to a battlefield. That's all I say, because at the end of the day, this is going to sound really insensitive. I do not know everybody's triggers. Yeah. I do not know what it's going to be. All I say is, you know, there's no sexual content. There's gore. It is what it is. Right. And there's a little bit of psychological warfare, but it's war. Exactly. And it deals with things that are going to happen in real life as realistic. And like she said, it's not uh, her being, you know, soft. <laughs> it's not her being, uh, you know, someone that's not empathetic to her readers. It's a sense of this is reality. Even if it's mm -hmm. in a fictional world, this is the way war is. As someone who's been in war, someone who's been blown up a few times, and here still to tell about it, thank God, there is certain things about battle that is not good. I've, I've seen young children that were trying to stay warm in the middle of the night that accidentally got kerosene too close to a fire and all three of them got burned up. They were three, five, and eight. As a father, a new father, that struck me hard. These were kids that just were trying to stay warm in a cold during the winter in Iraq. But that's how, you know, as an author, these are some of the things that, that we are trying to tell you if you are not careful. Yeah. Simple things like that yeah. and not having a trigger warning will get you banned. Yes. It will get you shut down. It will remove you from a publisher. It will make it so your book gets flagged on Amazon and on Barnes and Noble and at these libraries and get it removed from those places. A lot of times, sometimes they will have you edit your book yep. and, and remove those scenes. So just keep it in mind when you are writing and you're trying to pull in your the culture, the happenings that are going on, your experiences, all of those things. Just do it in a delicate way and warn people. Nobody wants to just walk in on something. Exactly. And so we're going to end the show right here at this point, because I think that's the best way we can do it. Um, plus, we've already given you all these little tips and tricks. We've given you plenty of information here to help you when you're writing this. And again, think of this as a business, thinking of what you're doing as the most important thing that you're going to be doing for the rest of your life when it comes to your writing, this is the brand. This is a thing. This is everything that you're leading up to. This is the way that you're going to monetize it. And we're going to talk about monetization uh, another time when we bring on another gentleman who's actually deals with marketing books, deals with marketing in general. And we'll talk about that another time. Until next time. Please keep writing, keep inspiring, keep sharing, and unleashing your creativity. Hey, folks, that's a wrap for this episode of Beyond the Pen. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed creating it. 
If you'd like to stay connected and up to date with everything Beyond the Pen, follow us on Twitter at Beyond the Pen Pod and Instagram at Beyond the Pen Podcast. For even more content and exclusive access to our guest profiles and more, make sure to visit our website at beyondthepenpodcast.com. Don't forget to join our Facebook fan page to interact with our favorite authors and fellow fans of the show. And if you want to take your Beyond the Pen experience to the next level, check out our selection of video interviews on Traverse TV's video on demand and live stream. You can access these interviews through your Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Google Play, iTunes, or the Traverse TV app. So until next time, thanks again for tuning in and remember to keep writing inspiring and sharing as you go beyond the pen.